Hi, my name's Kurt Mercadante, and I'm a husband, father, speaker, trainer, and disruptive entrepreneur whose mission is to save the world by helping individuals fight for lives of freedom and fulfillment. And that's what this show is about. We're here to help you fight apathy and conformity in your life. We're here to interview and tell the stories of individuals around the world who are helping others live lives of freedom and fulfillment as well. This is the Freedom Club Podcast. And we're grateful you're here. And today we are talking again about the action of building a personal brand that's truly authentic, not the bullshit authenticity that a lot of fake personal branding coaches talk about, a brand that's sustainable and a brand that sells. As we've talked about, it starts with your superpowers. Everyone's born with those innate talents. You invest in them, you turn them into strengths, you amplify them, you turn them into superpowers. Those superpowers are so fundamental to who you are as a person, and they also give important clues as to how you are influenced and has as how you influence others. Then you look at defining a clear vision that pairs your purpose with the impact you want to have on the world. If you're going to build a sustainable brand that's truly authentic, you got to start with your superpowers and have a clear idea of that vision because it's fundamental to who you are as a human being and where you want to go and the impact you want to have on the world, the impact you want to have on your clients through the value you're going to be providing those clients and the clients, the value they're going to want from you. That's why you got to you really look at clearly and narrowly identifying your ideal client, again, that is going to get the most benefit from the value of your product, your service, whatever you're providing. We're going to talk more about that value for value exchange in a little bit. I'm going to play a clip of my conversation with best-selling author, the go-giver, Bob Berg. So you've unleashed your superpowers. You've clearly identified your vision. You've clearly and narrowly defined your ideal customer. Now you got to look, where does that customer well, actually, before then, sorry, I got ahead. I put the court. Uh, what is it? Heart cart ahead of the horse. Sorry, I don't know. I'm getting tongue tied. I get passionate here, and sometimes my mouth goes before my brain. Right. Once you've identified that clear vision that pairs your purpose with your impact and the impact you want to have on your clearly identified customer, then you put together the killer message, as my friend Zach Messler likes to talk about. He's going to be part of my upcoming No BS Branding Accelerator. And that message, as Zach says, clearly conveys the value that you want to provide to that ideal customer. So superpowers, vision, your ideal customer, your killer message. And then and only then do you look at where does your customer live geographically, physically, where do they live online? Then you look at the best tools, tactics, social media site, whether it's written, video posts, whatever, to deliver that message to that customer, to speak to that customer consistently every single day. These are the pillars of bringing, of building a sustainable, no bullshit brand. Again, it didn't start with the tools and tactics. It started with something much more fundamental, who you are. But as I went through that, you know, I talked about that important, that vital value for value exchange. If you remember a couple of weeks ago on this show, I featured my conversation with international sales trainer, Victor Antonio. And I asked him, what do you tell people who have a fear of sales? And he said, listen, sales, it's not this adversarial contest. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in today's episode. He said, it's a conversation. You're communicating value to someone who wants to provide value in exchange in a free market. That's exactly what selling is about. 
And again, building your personal brand, it's about building a personal brand that sells your product, your service, you, building your influence, whatever it is. That's why we talk a lot about sales. That's why my personal branding, no BS branding accelerator is about building a personal brand that sells. So as Victor Antonio said, it's a conversation. And it's all about that value for value exchange. So in this next clip of my recent conversation with Bob Berg, best-selling author, author, co-author of the Go-Giver series of books, Hall of Fame keynote speaker, he talks about that value for value exchange. Before I get to that clip though, I wanna welcome you all for joining as you join us. Please, please give us a shout out. Let us know your name. Let us know from where in the world you are joining us. Finding your brand is a challenge. Yes, Maureen, click that link. Sign up for my upcoming No BS Branding webinar. It is absolutely a challenge. That's why a lot of people, as I posted earlier this morning, like to hide behind the brand or the logo. They like to hide behind the color scheme and the website. And they say, well, I got to wait till that brand is perfect. And in fact, they equate a successful brand with those tools and techniques, it's much more fundamental. And I talked about this last week and someone said, well, identifying who you are as a person, doing that sense of self-discovery so you can truly build an authentic brand is tough. You better believe it's tough. That's why I do what I do. And that's why we start where most personal branding coaches don't start, which is that answering that fundamental question, who are you? What are your superpowers? And what is your vision that pairs your purpose with the impact you want to have on the world. So, Maureen, thanks for joining us. Let us know, Maureen, where are you joining us from? Julio, Humberto, Andorra, Moya. I just butchered your name probably, but welcome. You are here on each and every one of these episodes. Again, Freedom Club Live on LinkedIn every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Laura Hall, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Please, everyone, let us know from where in the world you are joining us. By the way... I may be interrupted here. We under, are under hurricane watch here in Charleston, South Carolina. We're watching Hurricane Dorian. For everyone who is in the path of that hurricane, our prayers, our thoughts go out with you. I know everyone between me, uh, actually even north of me, up in North Carolina, on through down to Miami, Palm Beach area, certainly the Bahamas, but everyone's on watch. So uh, prayers and thoughts to everyone in the path of this horrendous storm. So again, give us a Florida, Laura. Yes, prayers for you as you watch the storm come through. So as I mentioned, you know, sales is about a value for value exchange. And a lot of people don't get that into their head and they think it's this adversarial contest, but they also have this fear because they think it's all about closing and cold calling and the hard sale. You know, next week I interview Anthony Yanarino, who's a internet best-selling author, three incredible books, keynote speaker. And he tells a story in his book about uh, having an early uh, uh, experience with a car dealer trying to buy a car where the car dealer did the whole thing. Well, I got to go talk to my manager. And he came out and they tried to do the negotiation. Anthony said, you know what? I don't want to buy the car. Got up to leave. And that uh, car dealer actually blocked his path out of the, uh, the car dealership. And he said, that stuck with me. And he wasn't yet in sales. Now, Anthony's an international sales trainer extraordinaire. But at the time, he said, it left such a bad taste in his mouth about what sales was that he didn't want to sell like that. A lot of people have a fear of sales because they think it's that. As Victor Antonio said, and as Bob Berg's about to say, you know, it's a value for value exchange. Bob gets more into that and why some people have a problem selling. You know, I also talk a lot about abundance in this um, in this show. 
and in everything I, I do. Abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset. You know, a scarcity mindset talks about everything the world is getting worse. They think that poverty is on the increase, it's on the decrease. They think that violence is on the increase, it's on the decrease. They think the environment is getting worse, it's actually getting better. Yeah, it's the glass is half empty, but they also bastardize the term gratitude. Instead of saying, what's awesome about today? Let's go out and get more. They say, well, I should just be happy where I am and stay put. That scarcity mindset also looks at things like wealth as things that are dirty, right? Yeah, there are some rich people out there who are assholes, but invariably, simply because you have wealth, because you've been successful, because you've risked everything to start a business, to build, to sell, that doesn't make you inherently evil. Although, as Bob says, thanks to our media, thanks to Hollywood, it's also uh, prosperity is often portrayed as this evil thing. You know, Mr. Potter in um, It's a Wonderful Life. And so having that scarcity mindset, in fact, gets in the way of you being effective at sales because you're not receptive. You don't look at it as this value for value exchange. When you have a scarcity mindset, selling to you is begging. You don't truly believe in the value of your product or service and that someone else would like to give you value, give you money in exchange for the value that you provide. So as Bob today talks about, Bob Berg, again, this is a conversation with bestselling author Bob Berg. He says, money is an echo of of value. Let's hear, let's listen to Bob and exactly what he has to say on this topic. I, I think it's the way the world uh, falsely frames prosperity, abundance, money. Uh, if you look at it, uh, you know, in terms of what the press has always reported on or what people look at or the themes, major themes of, of movies, you know, it's always the... Uh, the uh, nice person who is always portrayed as being poor but happy they're poor but happy and they're honest and they have all these great positive traits and they're constantly put down stepped on stepped over taken advantage of by who the rich person who's mean and nasty and horrible and has no soul and uh, it's unfortunate but that's you know that's the story that that people get told and so uh, there's a what we call the treacherous dichotomy, uh, which is the or false dilemma, the unnecessary use of the word or. You know, would you rather be wealthy or happy? Well, <laughs> why is it an or? How about yes? And but that's not the message most people get. So you know, you, you grow up hearing about you know the, these people who did terrible things about, you know, to get rich and to this. And, and hey, it's a big world. Of course, there are all sorts of stories. There are Enrons out there and there are Tycos and there's the, the guy at the bank who was having his people sell false. There's all those. It's a big world. But by and large, um, you know, people who make a lot of money, especially to the degree they're operating in a free market-based economy. And when I say free market, I simply mean no one is forced to do business with anyone else. Government's not making a specific rule for you because you've bought the influence of someone in Congress who makes a law making it to keep that keeps the competition out. I'm talking about a free market where people buy and sell. Uh, and I often say this, that, you know, I say this when I speak at a sales uh, the conference. I'll say, you know, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to me, right? <laughs> They're not going to buy from you because you need the money. They're not going to buy from you because you're just because you're a really nice person. They're going to buy from you because they believe that they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And in a free market, that's the only reason why someone ever should buy from you. This is good though. 
because it means that in order to make a lot of money and place yourself in the position to be receptive, you've got to place your focus on bringing value to another human being. This is why we say that money is simply an echo of value, right? It's the thunder to values lightning. So, but when you're, when you're brought up with and you hear these messages all the time in the world constantly and you're looked at, oh, if you're making money, you're some selfish, greedy, horrible. Well, now, you know, that gets into your head. So now you've provided all this value to someone and you've, you, you, to, to people and you've done such a great job and now you have an opportunity for the money to come in. All you have to do is be willing to receive it. But the unconscious is saying, but rich people are bad. If I'm rich, it means I have to step on someone else to get this. It means I'm going to change and all of a sudden not be a good person, right? And I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be Mr. Potter from uh right right you know from uh it's a wonderful life no and so uh, you know that can mess with people and so uh, i think that's why i i suggest reading and studying people like randy gage and david nagel and bob proctor and all you know all these great people who who write about prosperity so again, that was the wonderful, the legendary, the Hall of Fame keynote speaker, co-author of the best-selling Go-Giver series of books, Bob Berg. And I love that discussion of value for value exchange because that often gets lost in conversations about sales. As we're going to see in this next conversation with Bob, a lot of people look at sales as adversarial. You know, it's like that car dealer who tried to block Anthony Yanarino's way out of the car dealership until he bought that car. As Anthony puts it, you know, if you're selling and what you're doing makes you feel a little bit ashamed, a little bit dirty, then you're not doing it the right way because you got to look at it as that value for value exchange. And as Victor says, you got to have a conversation. That's what sales is about that value for value exchange. And so when we look at building your brand, you know, I see a lot of people who get into this victim mentality. It's almost like they're building a victim brand, right? Where they're buying, well, no one's buying my book. No one's attending my event. Well, here's the deal. Are you offering enough value? And are you communicating that value, whether it's your book, your product, your service, your event? Are you communicating that value to the right audience? Brian Rose, who's creator of the incredible podcast, a video series, website, community called London Real. In his TEDx talk, he talks about, you know, when he first started out, he spent all this money on building a Facebook audience, et cetera. And he's, he remembers you know, sharing his Facebook page with his friends and family. And he woke up in the morning so excited to see that all his friends and family were showing their support by jumping onto his Facebook page. And he got on there and there was like 10 people or a handful of people had joined it. And he was down in the dumps. Why is no one supporting me? Why are my family and friends not supporting me? You know, as someone who fills seats for events myself, I used to get down. Why is so-and-so my friend not buying a ticket to my event? Why are they not doing this? Why are they not doing that? I saw someone post last week uh, lamenting that society was on, on, you know, they weren't as cultured because they weren't buying her specific book. And that's easy for, to let that scarcity virus sink into your head. As Brian Rose said, though, in his TEDx speech, he said he came to the realization 
that his friends and family weren't his ideal customer. They weren't in his target audience. So of course, they weren't the ones who were gonna see the most value from what he was offering. You have to realize that. Are you communicating your value to the audience that is gonna be receptive to your value? It goes right back to what Bob Berg says about money being an echo of value. Sales is a value for value exchange. Branding is communicating that value to the right audiences. So yes, building a personal brand that sells is so important. It's not just about likes and views. They don't pay the bills. You've got to communicate that value that you're providing. Yes, of course, you have to provide great value through your product, your service, your offering, whatever. But then you got to communicate that to the right audience. So thanks again. We're going to hear from Bob Berg in a second. So here, Bob and I talk about to set this up a little bit, I can't pronounce his name, but his last name is O. Sadarahu O. I think I said it correctly. It was a Japanese uh, baseball legend. And in The Go-Giver Influencer, Bob writes about uh, Mr. O, I believe they called him in Japan, and how he actually looked. He was a hitter, home run hitter, didn't look at the pitcher as his adversary. He actually looked at the pitcher as a partner, and that made all the difference in the world. And I think that is key to our discussion of sales because sales is about relationships, remember? Sales is about having that conversation, and sales is about fostering that voluntary value for value exchange. It's not about begging, it's not about me forcing you to buy something, it's about a partnership. So here again is my conversation with Bob Berg. In Japan, the home run. Oh, Sadaharu. Oh, Sadaharu. Yeah. And he talks about the fact that he considered the pitchers his partner and understanding that there's two people there. But you apply that to business as well. Yeah. um, That, you know, takes two to tango, empathy, walking in there. It's a common theme throughout. So can you talk talk to that a little bit? Because there's a lot of people, you know, in the play on the go giver, I didn't understand this when I first read the book. It's go getter. You're a go getter. And people think it's all about throwing the punches, but it's it's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, so here here's an interesting first regarding go go getter. Yeah, it's a play on words because the more um, usual term is go getter, and then there's go giver. But but we would say we like people to also be go getters if you define a go getter as a person of action. Okay, because without action, obviously not. So we would say the opposite of a go giver is a go taker. <laughs> but understood. Uh, yeah. But but still. But you're right. That it was titled uh, contrary to you know kind of positioned against the term go getter because that was the more so it was more of a pattern interrupt in the you know the in the titling. Um, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right when we talk. What 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 Sadaharu O had said was he always considered the other pitcher to be his part instead of his adversary, his partner in hitting home runs. But here's the question though. Well, yeah, Bob, but the pitcher probably didn't think of him as being his partner in hitting home runs. (laughs) No, and what that says is you don't have to concern yourself with the other person having the same attitude as you have. It's always great when they do. And what we say is you can train that other person to, you know, by operating as a go-giver, by operating, placing your focus on bringing value to them you're able to to help them understand how to create that bigger pie to collaborate as opposed to compromise okay and but it but if the other person isn't that way that's okay you only have to be that way sadaharu o had to see the pitcher as being his partner in hitting home runs the pitcher didn't have to see him being o's mr o's partner in hitting home runs and that's the key 
So again, that was the legendary Bob Berg talking about how Sadarahu O, oh, home run king in Japan, didn't look at the pitcher as an adversary, looked at the pitcher as a partner. And Bob often talks about collaboration. There are some people that it's like the hustle and grind pornographers who think, who make you think that the key to success is all about grinding, sleep when you're dead and all that. On the other side, there's the salespeople or just the hard chargers who say sales is like a cutthroat competition. It's all about win or lose. And then you got folks like Bob Burr, you got folks like Victor Antonio, you got folks like Anthony Yanarino, who I'm gonna interview on the feature conversation with him on this show next week that break it down that sales is a conversation. It's about a voluntary voluntary value for value exchange. I'm not begging and you're not being forced to give me money in exchange for my product. It is all about relationships. And when you look at your customer, when you look at your audience as a partner instead of an adversary, it makes all the difference in the world. And when you back that up to build a brand that sells, it's about communicating effectively the value of your product, of your service, of you, if you're building a personal brand, to that very narrowly defined customer audience. It's all about value for value. Yes, it's all about building relationships. 